Hello, hello, welcome back to Nosey's podcast with me, Melissa. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing about money. And in particular, we'll be talking about money personalities. What does it mean to pay yourself first and how much should you pay yourself? Uh, investing, what investments are open and more friendly to entrepreneurs? and a lot more topics and i'm so excited to be joined by winnie machaki of the financial lens it's a financial literacy program for young professionals and um, she'll be sharing a bit more practical and relatable financial tips for us creatives and self-employed people at large you know people who don't have a steady um means of income how can we multiply our money given the little resources that we have i really hope you can take something from this episode and let me know if there are any other questions you might want to ask much later but stick around until the end because there is an announcement that i'd love to make around the same and without further ado let's get to it but thank you so much for taking your time uh to come and speak on today's topic i must say i'm very uh honored to be the first i guess to get information about financial management so um i guess before we begin uh you can just at least give us your background and how you got to uh, come up with your financial literacy program finance lens i think we can start from there Okay. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity also. Um, I'm delighted uh, to really do the podcasts and especially when you told me the target group for it and I was like, this is it. Um, I on part-time basis work with Finance Lens and it's uh, an organization we founded with my husband um, to mainly empower and enlighten specifically those two words, empower and enlighten mm. couples in marriage. And because uh, that's where we began our knowledge of finances consciously, uh, trying to get our way through around, you know, during courtship and dating, we talked about finances, but we didn't quite have it all together until we found ourselves in one hour session somewhere about finances and the person was very clear on the how to, we grabbed that off and we came up with our own vision plan as a couple and worked with it together, uh, gearing up towards being financially free. And it was quite a journey. It required a lot of sacrifice and a lot of, um, denial of different things just to ensure that we were able to achieve our goal within a certain timeline and between six and seven years we were there and so with that we were like how many people have this information how many people actually get to understand their finances beyond money from a young point of view to be able to carry it on into their marriage and so mm -hmm. from there we began talking to people, especially in premarital counseling. We would offer to share our experience and all that. Mm -hmm. And last year, October, Finance Lens was born. Oh, wow. Yes. 
So now targeting not only couples, but also young professionals, because one way or another in a few years or so, they'll find themselves getting married. I mean, it's somehow the trend. And even if they are able to live a life where they have a bit of peace financially. Okay, that's quite, that's quite something. I, I, really, I really did actually appeal to that, especially now when we're in this age and we're trying to get settled really fast, especially for in the creative community that I am in. Uh, most of us are just self-employed and we, we don't really uh, know the direction to take. And especially like creatives are not taught financial literacy as much, but we want to be in that position where we no longer need to rely hand to mouth. So I really do uh, wanted to, especially the time I attended the seminar that you had organized, I really, I really got enriched from the information that you gave. And I wanted to share with the rest of uh, my friends in the creative community and especially now that a lot of things are coming up and well let's just say employment is just really difficult to get even just as a creative because there's so much competition so um i guess you'll take us through uh, some of the few things that you want to share i think we can start from Probably one one place I always want to start with people and especially when I'm starting a session is to to really take them through a path back of asking themselves what is a healthy relationship and how do you define a healthy relationship because the principles cut, a, cut across uh, if you're looking at a healthy relationship even with a friend or towards marriage it's something that is committed that you're accountable to each other, that you're not looking at it from a short run point of view, but a long run point of view. It's something that carries itself with some specific values. Uh, there's discipline within that. And once people are able to outline that, I ask them, so what is your relationship with money? Is it healthy or is it not healthy? Is it not healthy, yeah. Yeah, and then you're able to ask yourself, what is it? Mm -hmm. And probably to begin is to talk about some of the money habits that uh, we tend to have that people even don't realize that they have them. When you get money, and of course, uh, in self-employment, it's where you're not assured on a monthly basis the specific amount of money coming in. It's mm -hmm. probably on a, this, this week you get money, next week you don't get money like that. But immediately you get money. What you do? What comes to mind? And uh, how do you handle that money? Because at the same time, it's very, the money comes in very quickly, but if it doesn't have the real objective that it needs to have with it before even it came, then you'll tend to just use it. And then the next day you're like, where did I, why did all the 300,000 that I got go? <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think most of us, uh, I can speak for, myself sometimes when you get into a world of cash the first thing is to like for me i would think of an equipment i can buy even though it's not really necessary instead of thinking how can i uh possibly multiply and earn more yeah yes mm -hmm. and um the first principle actually because i remember also talking and 
you uh, asked me about a question around um, what do business people do when they get an income? What is the first thing they should do? Yeah. But in principle, actually, uh, even in the creative, creative first is the passion. Mm -hmm. Then once you start earning from me, that means it becomes a business. Yeah. And with that, uh, there's the, need, the first key principle is to learn how to separate business money and personal money. Um, I have had a nephew who has been doing design for quite a while. And this one day uh, I was like, uh -huh, so are you able to pay your bills? He's like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, there are a few things I also want to do. So there's a few coins I'm waiting for somebody to pay me, then I'm able to do that. And I was like, wait a minute. So is that business money or is it personal money? Right. Yeah. And so I think that's the first most important thing. Uh, mm -hmm. As the word of money comes in after a job you've done, probably you've accomplished it like in a month or so, two months down the line, that money comes. There is the understanding of how much of this is actually mine and how much of this needs to go back to the business. Because the business needs to expand anyway and also needs mm -hmm. to have a life of its own. Yeah. So that is the first thing. Then now there's the aspect of this money that is mine how do I make use of it to ensure that it's not just for now, it's even for tomorrow and the other day and the years that I will not be able to have the strength to do what I'm doing today. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, that, that, that uh, says a lot about how we think of money, especially when you're talking about how, you know, separating business money from uh, personal money sometimes we tend to eat into it we are usually aware that we need to save some but at the same time we really don't understand we need to feed our businesses in order for them to feed us back even twice fold so i do understand that scope yes um i think um we can go to uh the money archetypes uh, money personalities because i do understand many people spend money in different ways according to probably how um the environment we, we came up from so if you can expound on that yeah uh we usually look at it from um factors that help us in making money decisions mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. um and in large we look at it and we expound on how did you grow up seeing money uh, being handled in the family that you grow up? Was money something that was talked about quite often? Did you see a budget? Did you not see a budget? Did you hear of one? Or did you just find yourself flowing around? You know, we used to say African father and mother, I don't have money whenever you requested for money. And mm -hmm. therefore that somehow defines how unconsciously or consciously you will find yourself handling money. The other right. bit is also your personality, uh, the temperament that you also when you expose itself, yeah. <laughs> and that's why yeah. you sometimes you'll hear people say you you can tell about this guy when he has money and when he's broke, because mm -hmm. there's a behavior you tend to have eh? yeah. <laughs> when you have money and when you don't have money. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. people know, and people know mm -hmm. when to be around you. 
And especially yeah. if you you're the one who spends when you have it to make everybody feel merry and happy then they mm -hmm. can tell quite clearly when you have it and when you don't have it and those are some of the temperaments that we carry with us and mm -hmm. of course there's also the sociodynamic which has really grown now i mean there's a social media which will keep on showing you even when others are working there are people on holiday <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even when others are complaining about not having money, there's somebody who's moving to a bigger apartment and in I the mean, suburb the, areas. Yeah, the that. other day I had seen um someone had posted on Twitter, some guy had shown a receipt of I think almost half an M he had spent in a hotel restaurant. And it's like Overnight. in the middle of February. Wow, wow. Yes. And, and therefore there's that pressure. Money. Yeah. There's that pressure and there's the want to compare with yourself, even around uh, your friends. Yeah, it's so true. It's so real. Yes, yes. Yeah. So all these are dynamics that then come in and they try mm -hmm. to play themselves into defining how you handle money. And therefore, even the personalities that we look at money, then they drive themselves from this. And therefore, you will have somebody who because of status, they will only want to buy something that is a designer. And it's, there's nothing wrong with buying the designer, but uh, what money are you using to buy that? You know, yeah. there's this other person who, whether they sales anywhere, they find themselves there. Nothing wrong with taking advantage of sales, but had you planned for it? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Then there are those who are extreme savers. Them, every coin they get, they save, save to a point that they can deny themselves even the little pleasures that come with life, you know? Uh, the then we have those who, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Then there are those who are lovers of debt. They know Fuliza. Fuliza, Mshwari. Uh -huh. All that, they know about them. And they're never afraid. They never think twice about it. I mean, they have something, their friends are going to Naivasha. Ah, I don't have money. Let me just Fuliza. And they go. And the thing is, is that what it is all about? You know? And these four, they, there's nothing wrong with any of them. The only aspect is how are you approaching them? Mm -hmm. How are you approaching them? Because if you become an extreme of one then and not balance, then you tend to starve yourself on your future life where money is concerned. Then, of course, we have the investor, the person who is keen to invest and keen to put something aside uh, for the future and is able to balance his life across the other personalities. And everybody, of course, strives to be there because it's the ideal. <laughs> yeah. It's the ideal personality. Yes. A lot of research has been done around that. So I would encourage people even to read around that and just ask themselves, where are they at? Mm -hmm. uh, and what do I need to balance, you know? Yeah. So again, um, just to state the four personalities, we have the miser. You can say that. There are different names that have been called for different ones, but they will always mean the same. But we have we have the we have the spender, a data, we have the saver, then and then we have the investor. Ah, so spender, data, uh, saver, and investor. 
Okay, okay. I think we're done with the money personalities. I think that's pretty clear for everyone. I think we can just place ourselves. Is there any way that someone can be like a combination of like maybe two of those personalities? Can that even be possible? Yes, it is possible. It is possible. Uh, mainly, you will hear that people will say they have a primary and then they have a secondary one. Um, but the primary will always scream if you don't bring in the secondary one. And that's why it's important for someone to be able to balance. Because even being a saver and only a saver is not right. There is mm -hmm. the daily needs that you need. There is the daily, I mean, a bit of little pleasure that you'll need once in a while. So also being an extreme of one and not the other is not also very good. So you mean to say that now, since you say there's the primary and then the secondary, it means that someone is not just given that like personality from the get-go. They can actually just balance out either or. Yeah, and in our sessions, actually, we, we have a template that we take people through to just identify themselves through the different mm -hmm. Uh, factors that I talked about and now currently reflecting and being able to ask yourself so what have you been since you started earning your own money which you can say this is my own money what what have you what have you more likely reflected out with your relationship with money because then you're able to see clearly this is where I am that's why I have no savings this is where I am that's why I have all these brands you know designers but I have nothing that I can call, you know, uh, in case something happens to me that I can be able to fall back into. And mm -hmm. it, it's quite a good reflective because then someone is able to say, okay, now I see clearly what has been doing, what I have been doing, what has been happening. So this is where I need to start at. And it's mm -hmm. quite helpful. It's quite helpful. Yeah. Okay, and okay, there are some people I've, I've encountered, some who I've worked with, who would say, um, let, let's just, to put it in short, fake it till you make it, rather they'd, they'd spend their money um, in order to fit in and get um, sort of those uh, connections, but at the end of the day, they find themselves still in the same position. So I think that brings me to the second part is why do we find ourselves spending all that we earn and not like now putting it into, you know, there are those people who are just compulsive. Why do we find ourselves just spending all that we earn? Uh, there are various reasons why from a personal point of view, but mainly uh, I would generally say it's, one, not being conscious of their finances. Uh, and it can be led by being able to compare on where you want to fit in, as you have said. So my friends, all of them live in these estates. I have to also fit in there and live in this estate. So with my 70,000, I would rather go and pay that house, the 60,000 that it is, the apartment, to be able to be seen that I am doing well. Therefore, what happens? I mean, if you're looking at one note that is made of even 70,000 and already the rent is 50, food is taking like 20, then you will find you're living beyond what you're even able to, to sustain yourself with. And right. at the same time, then you deny yourself any, 
any future emergencies that come in. So one is comparison. And we I usually say comparison is a virus because it, it denies you the happiness that you should have and the contentment that you should have at the place where you are at. The other one is a lack of know-how. Financial literacy, I mean, in our country is still a big, big gap. It's one of the areas that has not really been captured in our education system. And therefore people grow, all of a sudden you're in college, you're getting pocket money. Then all of a sudden you get a job and you're earning this salary. Yes, there are bills to be paid, but no one has really ever sat you down to tell you, you know what? You're looking for a house. This is the salary that you're getting. Please don't look for a house that is this amount try and you know divide your money into these sections that you can be able to fit in and be able to have a bit of peace mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for you don't live in debt Those, most people need to be in debt and more debt and more debt therefore people who they likely to be in job you're doing as that comes in the first thing is to pay a few of the debts and pay a few of your bills therefore you're left with debts you've paid bills, but there's still more bills to be paid. Right. And therefore, this person is living from one debt to another. It's not even from one paycheck to another anymore. It starts being from one debt to another debt to another debt. Right. And what is your take on now? Like, like most of the time, like I, there was a report I was reading. Um, they were doing a survey on creative enterprises in Kenya basically on their financial the financial area of it where creatives tend to they have uh, bank accounts but they tend to borrow a lot from digital lending uh, apps like um shwari and pesa and all those others is it a safe bet to do like is it a good thing to take loans especially when you're just starting off in infancy with your business is it a safe bet to go forth and do that just in the name of trying to earn more, pay the debt and then come back and then take another loan? Like, is that a good decision to make? Um, I would say yes and no. Uh, from a point of first, the mobile uh, loans are very readily available because they're unsecured quest and fill in a few of the details that they need i want to imagine that and you have a certain amount of feeling of money that pops up now if you didn't have a plan of how to make use of that money or even the money that you would get from the bank um, then you will tend to misuse this money and at the end of it you will find that even in the business that you were starting you're likely not to want to borrow more because the time for repayment of this loan has begun. There has been no return, probably. And um, you're at a place where you're not quite sure how your break-even point, at what point you'll have your break-even point. For any business, there's a point for borrowing if there's a necessity to. Mm -hmm. But it is, it should be in a way that you have calculated your risk and you've calculated your path to uh, earning that money and that your business is able to repay it back. Otherwise, if that, that is not quite clear, then I would ask someone to first hold on and start as small as they can be to start growing their business to a point where there is a bit of 
not necessarily an assured way, but a consistent, consistent way of an income then that then I think probably I need this much that I have been able to come up with a plan and there's a level where it will you know there will be a return of this which is not very assured so at any point alone of course becomes a risk and a big risk at that matter ah okay so you now I get it now it depends okay so I think the next question now would be you have you have your business and it's still starting off, but I remember you had talked about uh, if your business has not picked up after a certain time, you should just take it to the garage and shoot it and die. Could you expound on that? Uh, I usually wouldn't go with this to the bank <laughs> because businesses, of course, are... I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, when you look, if we were to look five years back, if you had a five years plan, which was probably the fifth year would be 2021. Mm. And on the third year, COVID came, then you realize that that plan would completely have had a total upside down. (laughs) Just by that. So there's... the. There's a lot of uncertainty in the business. And I think where I want to focus on is um, taking advantage of the good years or the good seasons, you know, the opportunities that you take, taking advantage of that to be able to save as much as possible, to be able to cushion both the business and you, the business owner, when it, it rains, like when pandemic comes, you know. Because then it makes it easier for one to some unknown seasons. So probably it's a business that began in 2018, for example. Mm-hmm. And the first year it was, you know, floating a bit and sinking a bit in the ocean. And probably on the second year, you're able to now have a clear path of where you're going. For the people who are able to take advantage of the 2019 and probably saving as much as they could, even as the tide started hitting in 2020, they at least were able to survive for a certain time. Yeah. And it's the same even with our own personal money because it's not just business, even with our own personal money. For people who probably had an emergency fund, because we have quite a big number of people that lost their jobs, they were able to survive the tide for quite a while maintaining their lifestyle than someone who had nothing, who was relying on a paycheck to paycheck, you know? So it's a similar similar approach, yeah. On uh, the emergency fund, I remember I've been, you know, I remember you had given the definition, but for those who don't understand what an emergency fund is, could you kindly explain just a little bit and how much should that fund be amounting to? Uh, I'll start by saying it doesn't have a specific figure, but it is based on your lifestyle. Uh, mainly the expenses that one has on a monthly basis because we are still a nation that is more on monthly basis. Or, um, so 
mainly it's recommended that at least based on the monthly expenses that one incurs on every month, that you're able to estimate that amount and be able to save up an equivalent of that amount for six good months, mm -hmm. minimum six months. Because then, uh, which is quite unlikely now, but then it's because it was estimated that it will take you between three to six months to reestablish yourself should something come up. Also in case of an emergency that then you had not foreseen completely, then you're able to comfortably cover it and be able to still not uh, be shaken on your normal life for at least six months. Okay, so that is, that's what we look at as an emergency friend. Okay. Um, so I think now uh, we can move on to the next question. Now that we have the money, we've gotten our, our paychecks and we've, you know, we, we have our paycheck, we've gotten our salary or reimbursement or whatever you can call it. Where can we channel this money? Or how can we manage this money? How, 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 how can we channel it? All right. Uh, so I'll focus on the personal money. Because <laughs> okay. one already understands uh, um, how much they're paying themselves from the business. Because that's where they're earning from. So uh, the first advice we give is uh, pay yourself first. And paying yourself first then is... Uh, the attribute that helps you understand what life and at what level then should my other expenses be. But before even you pay yourself first, before you even get that money, set an objective. Base an objective of what do you want with your money? If your money comes, what is it ideally both short-term and long-term goal is for you where your money is concerned? then that way you're able to understand what paying yourself, what amount do you need to pay yourself first? And what amount do you need to pay others? Because literally in an urban center where every other bill has to be paid, you're paying other people. You're literally yeah. paying your landlord, you're literally paying Kenya Power, you're paying Safaricom with the airtime, you're paying, you're paying so many other people. And it's very likely if you don't have a set objective, to find that you've paid everybody else except yourself. What mm -hmm. do we mean by paying yourself first? Because that's one place that uh, I've found people not <laughs> quite having a different array of what they think is paying yourself first. It yeah. simply means before you pay anybody else, ensure that you've covered your future. Set aside a certain amount of money that you put into long-term savings and later probably into long-term investments that then you can say, this is the money that I have even when I'm paying everybody else, then it becomes easier. Okay, so that means when I get my, the payment, if, correct me if I'm wrong, um, I should wait fast before I pay the salaries or... 
employees are not your personal money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Employees are part of the business staff. So they are being paid by the business money. And that's why I say the first key principle that I always encourage people is separate what is yours with what is the business. Okay. By a business that has been in for two years, you already understand the trend and the frequency of how much you get within a certain given time. Then what have you said is your salary for your staff? What have you said is your salary for yourself as part of the staff of that business? Okay. Now that salary, that's what we are talking about because uh, it is your money. The business has its money. You have separated your money from the business. So that personal money is what we are talking about. Okay. Mm, and I'm, I'm, I believe I'm trying to reach out to people who have the integrity to tell themselves, you know what, even if the business this year brought uh, 20 million, I had already said this is my salary, so I don't need to start showering myself with more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Exactly, yes. So there's a bit where also you need to be disciplined where business money is concerned. You don't eat into the money. Yeah, I, I do actually get that. Yeah. Yeah, put, put an auto standing order from your bank that takes that money to a different bank that you cannot easily just get into, to a mm-hmm. different account. And it can be, even if it's not a different bank account, then it can be even a circle. Put a standing order where you've identified a circle that you give this certain amount of money as your long-term money uh, invest savings into this circle, such that by the time your salary hits your account, not the business account, now from the business account to your account, that money automatically goes. So you're left with a certain other percentage now to work with your other expenses and any other needs that you have. Mm-hmm. But at least you ensured that your future is, is secured. Uh, so priority is on the future. Yes. Okay. I think, yeah. That, Which that... is very hard. When we get money, the first things we want to do is what? Pay the landlord. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ensure that we have electricity. Ensure we have paid the water. We have bought ourselves some, you know, burger to tell the body pole pole. And we have fueled the car. We have, you know, you end up paying everyone else because that's what you've done. You've paid the landlord, you've paid Kenya Power, you've paid, um, paid, you've literally paid everyone else such that you're left with nothing, even for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it needs to be that hard. I don't think life needs to be that hard that where we are paying everyone else uh, and we are not securing our future. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, I get it now. When it comes now to the business, you have to put business expenses now for taking care of the business operations. And then there's now paying yourself and for your future. I think now that makes sense. Yes, yes. So I think uh, we've covered most of the, the questions. I think the last one would be now investments. And I think this one most, most of us are getting into with cryptocurrencies, be it circles, be it uh, money market funds, whatever it is. Um, if I wanted to start investing, what investments are more open and friendly? 
for someone like me, someone just, you know, trying to build up. All right. Uh, I can't point out to exactly one and say this is it. But what I would say, investments now and like before, I think when I was studying, they've become quite versatile. But at the same time, they're very personal. I've encountered people who are like, hey, this is risky. I can't do it. I'm risk averse. I don't like investing. What if my money disappears and everything? So I really encourage people, even what you personally feel you want to pursue in terms of investment, do a bit of research around it. Because right now they're quite versatile. There's Forex trade, there's money market, the stocks still are there. Uh, our time we were dealing with stocks quite so. Treasury bills and bonds for those uh, bigger ones, big boys. <laughs> yes, and there's the crypto also, the Bitcoins. And now we have even the NFTs that have now started coming up. So there's a lot, a lot to invest in. But I always tell people, start with what you're comfortable with and start with what you're initially comfortable to lose. Because <laughs> um, at the end of the day, investment is a risk. And the higher the risk, the higher the return. That's definitely. But of course, there are those that are quite secured. We have quite secured uh, investments, like the treasury bills, the treasury bond, but the fact that they are governed by the government, I mean, you're assured you will not lose your money. But mm -hmm. of course, you cannot compare that return with probably money markets or forex trade, you know, because mm -hmm. forex trade, you will, if you, you, you invest quite huge, you might be lucky the next day and you quite get quite a lot. But you can also lose that huge, you know. So there's that dynamic of looking at the risk and how much do you want to invest in? And are you willing to lose it if it is that risky? Right. Um, yeah. And they are very good investment advisors that we currently have that are able to guide people one-on-one on, one on, okay, we can start here. Even with as little as 1,000 shillings, let's start here. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are able to guide one slowly to being, you know, familiar with the different uh, ventures that are currently there. Okay. Um, I think that was, it was good information, to be honest. Maybe what I can say uh, is um, there's always a starting point with money and there's always that turning point where you realize, okay, I've not been doing what I need to do. And I, I, I always encourage people to start with just a few goals of what do they want to be. And especially in the next one year to five years, you know, what is it that you aspire and you dream to have? And then when you have that target with you, then work towards your income and ask yourself, so uh, how do I ensure that I'm able to attain this? So that, what does that mean? What does that look like? And it can be as, um, as uh, sacrificial as even moving houses. If you're living in a house that is, is already more than a certain percentage of your income, a certain percentage of your income, you will inevitably have to move. Because then that means all that money that you're earning and you're really working hard for, you're working it for the landlord, not for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore having, yes, and therefore having those goals, then then put you into a discipline measure where you're able to say, okay, 
I think I need to correct a few things in my life. I think I need to to be able to tell my friends, you know what, I cannot be able to go to Naivasha every weekend or every month with you. I'll be able to do it only every three months, you know. I am not able to buy a car at this time because I don't think it's a priority. These are my priorities. And it gives you such a clear understanding of how to relate with your money. And from there, you're able to really cultivate some peace around how you handle your money and how also it handles you. Because then it will not, you'll not be passing by pizza in and it starts telling you, you know what, can we enter? Can we enter? This, this, this pizza looks very nice. Yeah. <laughs> or this shoe, people with weaknesses of shoes. Yeah, this shoe looks very nice. So can we enter please and buy it? You already have 3,000 in your pocket. Let's just get in. Then you start realizing, no, this 3,000, it's not for this. It is for ABCD. It already has an objective by itself. And so when you're seated with it, you know that it's supposed to be streamed in a specific way. And therefore you're left with only what that then you can say, okay, this is for me to eat a bit of half a pizza. And I can only do this twice a month or once a month. Mm -hmm. uh, this is for me to be able to buy airtime. And this is the only airtime that I can be able to buy. You know, uh, it gives you a different dynamics of to be conscious of the money you get in. Because I keep telling people, today you're 20, the next, the next day you're 40. And eventually you become 60 and you retire, or even if you retire at 70, and retirement is much more brutal without money. Yeah, for sure. It's way brutal without money. Yes. Yeah, and even with that, in a country that we live in, and our government institutions that are supposed to take care of our retirement funds are not doing the necessary, we need to take it in our own hands to plan for our retirement. Very true. Very true. Um, I think uh, that's it on my part. Uh, before we conclude, there is an online seminar that Finance Lens is uh, currently holding. Do you kindly expound on that and give our audience a bit of what is going to come? Oh, yes. Uh, we have our first season 2022 seminar that is coming in on the 25th of uh, February. That's when we're beginning with. Uh, it's a Friday, so it's uh, in the evening at 7.30 to 9.30. And the following day on Saturday for people who love morning at 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a start of bringing people, to, taking people to a journey of uh, being exactly what I think I was describing, the aspect of uh, being financially conscious of your finances and for people who are now willing to really work around their money. And therefore we'll be having interactive online sessions where we'll share quite some guiding principles and look at different approaches that apply for every person as an individual and at the point where they are at, whether self-employed or employed and be able to guide people to now a vision of being working towards being financially free. So I would request people to go to our Facebook. You just uh, look for Finance Lens and you'll be able to see the link there uh, that then you can be able to register and choose your preferred time. And then we will be able to engage more when we start the sessions. 
and I'll also put it in my in this episode's uh, description. Wherever you're watching it, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, you'll find it there. And is there a specific age group that it's targeted to? Not quite. Any single person who is earning <laughs> and wants to manage their better their money better because we will later be having sessions for married couples which we've been holding before but um we had not gotten into social media so that will be beginning uh around march mid-march and at that time then we'll be able to encourage married couples who also want desire to do better on their finances then they'll be able to enroll at that time and they can be able to also walk that journey with us Okay, you had it, guys. Thank you so much for um, taking your time again and educating me. I think I've learned a, a lot again. And even what you had taught before, I've even understood much better. Looking forward to having you guys there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so Looking much. Looking forward.